Welcome to the Ministry Pivot Podcast with Russell St. Bernard, a podcast designed to assist leaders as they seize the season of opportunity by pivoting toward it. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, welcome Ministry Pivot. Uh, Reverend Russ, uh, super excited to have you here with us, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, uh, whether, whether it's this morning or whether it's tonight. Uh, just glad that you decided to join us here for Ministry Pivot. Uh, please make sure uh, that you like, you comment, you share, you subscribe. Uh, I am uh, excited about this pivot. I know I say that every single time, but I am uh, super thankful uh, to the Lord for allowing me to connect with people and really to have relationship uh, that I've had for years with several people. And this uh, person is, is no different. Uh, uh, today, we're able to talk with uh, Dr. Jeanette Snyder, uh, who is an associate uh, professor there at uh, the University of Maryland College Park. And she uh, and a team have been able to create uh, and uh, uh, to produce a, a course uh, that is on uh, anti-Black uh, racism, uh, anti-Black racism course, and it is super uh, a meaningful course. We talk about so many things, uh, but I, I just can't wait uh, for you to listen to this course. But please listen to me. Don't tune this off. Don't drop this off. Don't think, oh, I don't need to hear that. Uh, this is meaningful for everybody, every uh, race, every hue. Uh, this is super exciting uh, for us to be able to understand the plight of a, uh, a demographic of people, uh, but also to understand our answer and the way in which uh, we can help. So uh, without me talking uh, any further, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation uh, with Dr. Snyder. Dr. Snyder, thank you so much uh, uh, for uh, being with us on Ministry Pivot. Uh, super excited to have you. Uh, I shared a little bit about your bio and who you are uh, and what you've done. I can't share who you are, I just share what you've done because I have no, there's no no podcast and moment of time to share all of who you are. Uh, God has created you. Uh, but I'm super excited uh, to have you on here, Dr. Snyder, uh, Dr. Jeanette, uh, Sister Jeanette. Uh, we love you in the Safe Throne household. Uh, but super excited to have you on uh, with us today. If you wouldn't mind, though, uh, can you just share a little more of your background uh, and your uh just uh, uh, uh really your background and and mm -hmm. we'll get into the conversation a little bit more about the courses and all of the work that you, you, you've been able to do sure. thanks again yes of course thank you rev i'm really happy to be here um and excited to talk about the work that that i'm a part of and community with others um but to give a little bit of background um i'm from northern virginia so i actually went to school out in Williamsburg, Virginia and studied government politics, knew I wanted to get involved um, at like the policy level or just some broader things. Um, I was fortunate as a younger person living in a lot of privilege to see and recognize that not everyone lived like I did or had certain opportunities. So that kind of spark of wanting to help and, and be you know part of solutions, not knowing exactly what that would be, it started quite young for me. Um, and so when I got to college, I studied government politics, wanted to go become a lawyer, a politician. I actually interned on the Hill and realized uh, this is not for me. Um, this is not the way that I'm going to be most effective because, um, to be honest, politics is personal and I can't really separate it and it just get too emotional and too invested in it. So I tried to find another avenue and I realized that higher education was going to be that avenue for me. Um, and again, through mentorship, I, I actually saw folks around me. I'm like, wow, you're the, one of the reasons why I stayed here. You're one of the reasons why I thrived, this and the third. 
realized, hey, maybe I could be that for some other students and some other people. Um, and so just shifted and pivot, pivot my impacts, right? So instead of the politics route, I wanted to go education route. And then that put me on a trajectory to go to the University of Maryland um, to get my master's degree. Because for those who might not know, to, to really elevate yourself in higher education, you have to get advanced degrees. It makes sense. Um, so I ended up going to University of Maryland um, got a graduate assistantship, started working in the business school, ironically, um, because it, and I say ironically, because um, some of the philosophies, some of the, the stances in within the business, business school wasn't necessarily where I thought I could have a lot of impact, but I was very mm -hmm. wrong. Um, I ended up spending a lot of time, I, I stayed there, actually, I got my master's degree, um, I studied all sorts of um, things, primarily the, the, experiences of high achieving black students at predominantly white institutions. Then I looked at black faculty. I looked at black staff, like what's happening there? Why are we going there? How are we, how are we thriving? How are we not like, what are the, uh, what's the climate and culture like? Um, mm -hmm. Because that was my experience, right? Like a lot of research is me search. And so I said, okay, okay let me look at this type of work. Um, and it just, Honestly, it really frustrated me to do this research because I was looking at stuff at the time that was like 50, 60 years old research that wow. we were duplicating. And I'm like, nothing really feels like it has changed. It looked, it felt so familiar, that 50, 60 year old article yeah, to what yeah. I had experienced. I was like, what? Yeah. So, yeah. So number one, like, you know, red flag, that was a problem for me. Um, so I got really frustrated. I started pivoting a little bit in my research, looking at multiracial students. I, I do have a white father, black mother, uh, grew up again, Northern Virginia. Um, which is the loving state where anti-miscegenation laws were first outlawed in the country. So black and white people mm. or people of different races could start to marry. So it was really, you know, significant, but I never really researched that part of my identity. So that got even more in the weeds, right? Like I'm starting to learn even more about the complexities of race and racism and how it shows up. And um, so, so school, graduate school and research allowed me to kind of explore those things. Simultaneously, I was then working at the business school kind of um, seeing high achieving black students, right? Uh, drowning. Um, a lot of them not doing well, not having support systems. So seeing a gaps there. And so the administrative side of me was able to really, um, I think, have an impact, right? To ensure that there was greater access for black students and people of color in the business school, which is very much, uh, you know, it was, it was very exclusionary. Um, yeah. So I wanted, I fought for those types of experiences, high school summer program, enrichment programs, um, taking students abroad to South Africa so that they could see Black people leading study abroad programs to take them to a country that's predominantly Black on the continent. Never happened um, at, at the undergraduate level at the business school. Wow. Um, so, so many different things on top of then pursuing my PhD. So, um, so yeah, so I stayed there for quite some time. And then most recently, I know that's what we're going to dig into more, but more recently shifted to an associate assistant research uh, professor position in um, for the Social Justice Alliance and Anti-Black Racism Initiative, which happy to talk about how that all came to be. But it was a brand new position, never been created before. I believe it was created for me. I know God brought that to me very uh, sincerely. I mean that because I didn't know what I wanted to do or what my next impact, you know, where I was going to have impact next. Um, and it just, yeah, it was just absolutely amazing. And, and I'm, I'm doing, I'm really, you know, grateful and proud to, to be a part of this team. That, that is awesome. And, and you said, you said a lot, uh, which is why I have you on here, which is great. Um, but let me, let me, I'm, I'm, I want to back up for a minute and just qualify a couple things. So, uh, uh, Dr. Snyder, uh, also served with me in ministry, uh, in youth ministry. And she was, so I know you said a comment, like, I hope I was helping with the black students. No, she was. So like, 
uh, shout out uh, Kingdom Fellowship, Pastor Watley. Um, but every time I had a student who I knew was on the campus, I would call Jeanette. I'm saying, hey, um, and, and Jeanette would help navigate because uh, College Park is awesome, but College Park does not look like me. Um, and uh, it was, I, I know there were some students who had, I think you said it, uh, who had more potential than the school may have been able to pull out. But I know that I felt super safe allowing them to connect and super blessed to connect them with you. Um, so you were doing that. But I'm also saying it for those who are listening, for those who are watching, um, that uh, God may be placing you in a position for you to be that for others. Um, because Jeanette was, Dr. Snyder, I'm respecting because you went to school no, for a long time, did a lot for it. Um, I, no, 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 I'm doing it. Um, but uh, she was the safe haven for me, I know, at least with that university being. Uh, when I was the youth pastor, youth minister rather, uh, at the church, uh, you have several students in several colleges, universities, and it's good when you have someone you can trust who's on the ground to be with them, because I can't be there all the time, but Mitchell can't be there, but you you were that. But again, my, my, my encouragement uh, is for those who may be in those opportunities or maybe in those places, and you don't know there's an opportunity. But it is an opportunity for you uh, to shine your light. It's an opportunity for you to step in and be uh, who God has called you to be in a space that helps other people uh, connect. Now, now you also said a lot about the research that wasn't done. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a pivot on sure. pivot uh, here because you could have just left it with the research uh, that was done 30, 40, 50 years ago. But you said to yourself, no, uh, we need to do more research and update the research so it reflects who we are. And, and full disclosure, that's one of the reasons why I'm even doing this podcast. Uh, one of the reasons why I write, uh, because while I appreciate the work that has been done, and please hear me clearly, those who are watching, those who are listening, uh, I know that God has gifted those who have done it, but I also know God has gifted those who are working to try to do the work. And mm -hmm. sometimes the work doesn't represent us. Uh, mm -hmm. So I want I want to just pause and I want you to kind of reflect on that because you said it. But it's not an easy thing just to say um, your professors are telling you to use certain research. You're saying, okay, cool, I'm going to use that. But you're finding that the research has some gaps because it doesn't include oh, yeah. you. Uh, mm -hmm. So I want to pause and just let you talk for that for a moment before we move forward, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so for sure. And that's one of the things about PhD programs that you that you learn when you start when you jump in. It's like your your main job at the very beginning of it is just to see what else, what exists, what all is out there. And inevitably, you're going to read and realize that communities are missed, um, that certain experiences are missed, that, you know, the ways in which we did things uh, is not in terms of like maybe a theoretical framework, it's not critical enough. We're not digging deeper enough. We're only looking at the surface. We're not asking certain questions that we should have been asking. And so that's the evolution of research. That's what where it's supposed to go and take you. And as you read, you start to just, you're just jotting down like, wait, huh? If I had done this, I would do it this way. Or yeah, no, but all of those things are seminal, right? Like the foundations are seminal. We need that. We need to understand kind of where we've come from. But mm -hmm. for me, um, yeah, not seeing myself specifically in the research always, but but also one of the things that I mentioned to you that was disheartening for me was seeing some things that still existed, right? That we had not come far enough along. We have not in higher education where 
the fact that I that some of this stuff actually does still feel familiar and, and it shouldn't be right. Like I shouldn't say that a 50 someone who had experience was in higher education 50 years ago and today is still experiencing similar things like what where have we gone wrong? And there's many things. Right. Um, but I think that that was a big kind of aha moment for me, as well as what is missing and then where do I kind of fit in and the dissertations. And I know, you know, I don't know anyone who actually reads them for fun, but those are meant to fill gaps, right? Those are meant to give us new uh, theories that give us new insights and to give voice to voiceless people um, that are often left out of these conversations. And we know within research that Black people in particular, um, other people that live on the margins um, have are often not included in these conversations. And so my job and my colleagues and my classmates, that's that has been our charge. And um, yeah, and we've been doing it and we'll continue to do it. And um, so that's what makes research really interesting and really meaningful, really meaningful. Otherwise, it seems, you know, so in the clouds, you're like, yeah. oh, what is that? No, it actually does. It does have utility. It does have a, a, a place in this world. I think um, we need to just do a better job of, of you know, sharing out our findings and, and things. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. And, and I'm grateful to have been a part of it. No, we're, we're, we're thankful to have you uh, do the work, uh, mm -hmm. to have you do the work and now teach the work. So I got one question before I ask about the course. Okay. What was your specific uh, PhD in? So my my PhD was in higher education administration. It was part of a larger department that's international ed, student affairs and higher ed. But I did the higher ed track and my my dissertation looked at the motivations and racialized experiences of multiracial women and monoracial sororities at a predominantly white institution. Whew, that's a lot. That's <laughs> probably its own thing. Um, it but I, I, I wanted to give clarity on it because I know that the PhD work dissertation work has to be super unique like never before and so I wanted to, to share that and uh you may have you come back on uh maybe I'll have Reverend Erica uh host the podcast so y'all can just talk about women's issues I think that may be the, yeah. the better way to do it than to have me okay. talk about it because I've, I've I've been a guy all my life yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> oh but but help me um so why uh anti-black racism course why so give us the the framework of the course and i'm, I'm gonna link in, in the show notes again don't forget if you're watching listening uh there are show notes in here so i'm gonna link a lot of uh what dr snyder spoke about um i'm also gonna link a a a uh outline of the course because I, I read it before um mm -hmm. but but help me help us understand uh why uh yeah why okay yeah so let me start at the beginning of why this even exists. So in 2020, the summer of 2020, when, you know, I guess most of this nation finally discovered that racism existed um, through the, the murders of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and so many more, way too many yeah. to count. Um, yeah. The University of Maryland, you know, everybody, again, we it's also COVID. And so University of Maryland started to do different things. So BSOS, the College of Behavioral and Social Sciences, took uh, upon themselves to bring the faculty together. These are uh, faculty from you know, criminology, psychology, sociology, African-American studies, so on and so forth. Like it goes on and on. Um, they came together and they said, we need to do something. We don't know what, we're gonna do something. And so they came up with a bunch of different initiatives. And one was to create the position that I currently hold. Another was to increase our black faculty because the, the numbers were embarrassing. 
Um, mm-hmm. Once you remove African-American studies I mean, and you looked at, you know, how many faculty of color, black faculty, excuse me, were in each of these departments, it was abysmal. And mm-hmm. so they said that must be changed, period. Um, and then they also said, we need to finally get this minor off the ground. So this minor was actually conceptualized before, well before 2020, well, not well before, but before 2020, but it really, it kind of stalled out. And so they said, no, no, no now it, it is time. If it ever was a time, it is time now. Um, Cause we're watching this stuff play out on television. People now starting to care, like this is the moment we really need to get this off the ground. And so, um, so my position came to be that the higher ups, the folks that hire faculty, they did their job. We have incredible starting this fall we have 16 new um, black faculty or faculty that study research people of color um absolutely incredible and it's a test case for so many other industries for other colleges on campus like people always say oh there's not enough or we don't we can't find black people qualified black that is a lie that is not true um Mm -hmm. and and vsauce is a perfect example so they had a cluster hire um, which is beautiful because they can now retain each other, right? Like they can be together and have community and that's very important in black communities and, and so yeah. forth. So that was amazing. And then part of my job was let's get this minor going. And I said, say less. So so I went, you know, again, there were some building blocks already there. I just kind of helped finesse it. And yeah. essentially what we tried to, what we what we came up with is, um, and I did a lot of research and, and realized there is no other minor on that I have found on in this country, there are definitely classes that address racism for sure. Anti-black wow. racism, less minor, absolutely not like a whole minor devoted to it. And so the, wow. the, um, the construction of it is pretty, it's pretty straightforward. And that was very intentional. We want to make this uh, approachable for students, easy to complete. Um, we want to work with other, there are classes going on all over our campus that are doing really, really good work, but people don't know about it or it's not really advertised in the way. So this is a way to spotlight the classes that are already doing good work. So yeah. the way it works is we have an introduction to anti-black racism course. This is a super innovative class. It is, um, interdisciplinary, just as the minor is. The minor is comprised of five colleges on our campus. So College of Education, Public Health, Public Policy, Arts and Humanities, and then the College of Behavioral Social Sciences. So the minor also reflects that. So a faculty, one, a top faculty member who, who specializes in this type of research, anti-Black racism, racism, race, they all, one faculty member from all five of those colleges come into this classroom for a two-week module where they discuss anti-Black racism from the perspective of their discipline. They bring up different research that's going on. They go, they start from the beginning, right? They'll talk about the history, the context, foundations. They'll then move into kind of their own lived experience because it's so important mm-hmm. in this work that we understand how did you even come to it? Like, what are your experiences? Where did you grow up, right? And it's really important for faculty to humanize themselves in that space as we talk about these issues. And then they go in and they talk about what research is being done so students can really understand how this, what this looks like. Again, not just conceptually, but like in real life. Um, And so five colleges, five faculty come in, they do two week models, and then we do like really hot topics in between. So we did policing and criminology, which of course is huge when it comes to anti-black racism, it permeates that entire institution, all of them actually. Um, We did a a session on AI and anti-black racism Mm. This is where we actually brought in folks from computer science, from business, um, and from the iSchool, the um, information studies, uh, the College of Information Studies, which, as if you might recall, those are not part of the five colleges. But I was like, mm. uh-uh, people are not absolved. Like, yeah, it is yeah. all of their fields, if not more so. So, um, so yeah, so we just kind of, and we do like documentary series. We watch I'm Not Your Negro, and we have discussions about that. Um, we took them to a laser lab where they looked at AI, um, so virtual reality and policing. Um, yeah. and had to 
go through that simulations on how police wow. are, are part of. So really just utilizing what we have on our campus, to be honest with you, um, yeah. and just highlighting and spotlighting all the great work that's being done. Um, so that's the first class. And I know we'll dig in more to that. But yeah. Then we have five classes that um, one from each of those five colleges I mentioned that are really that the emphasis of those classes, they already exist, um, are around anti-black racism. So students have to select one of those five. They pick whatever kind of makes sense for them. It could fit their major. It doesn't have to. They get two electives. We have a nice long list that's ever growing um, and a list of classes, again, that have a significant anti-black racism focus. And I did a lot of work with a colleges and faculty all across campus to, to identify those courses. And then yeah. finally applied into, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> applied anti-black racism. That is the final course. And this is where they actually get to take what they've learned um, and evaluate their own industry, their own uh, fields, right? So if you're going into business, I want you to maybe interrogate your internship kind of mm. think about that experience that you had over the summer, because that's typically what they'll be doing. Um, and I want you to come, you know, actually come up with um, some solutions, like identify being more aware. Like this is this yeah. may really bring up a lot of awareness. So being able to evaluate, you know, that that company, their, their culture, their practices, policies, whatever, come up with solutions. Or if you want to do empirical research, you can do that. If you're in, you know, the bio or whatever your field is, we're going to find a way to create somewhat of an independent study where you can actually apply what you've learned to the field that you're going into. Because that's what's wow. really important to me or not to me, to the team. So, yeah, no, that I, I think that's great. You said uh, mm -hmm. obviously several things. I want to I'm going I'm to I'm go back to the mm -hmm. last thing you just said in a moment, because I do think just the the zoom out i've always tell the teams about that but being able to zoom out into um the other fields right the mm -hmm. other areas so i think being able to empower students once they go through to finish and i say now examine yours right which helps it kind of infiltrate all the way down but i want to say so you, you you brought in uh the tech side which i think is super important right even though it's not a part of the five first of all all of the, the 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 diversity of disciplines, I think, is super important, yes. right? Um, and then having somebody on that staff that's that's in a meaning, and not everybody who serves and works in a meaningful role, you know, what I'm trying to say, but having somebody who's higher up teaching it is also going to help not just them teaching it in my mind, um, mm -hmm. but it's going to help in how they practice and how they speak with those within uh, their their class. So I think that is super cool. Uh, mm -hmm. and super dope. But on, on the AI side specifically, um, because there's so much in technology and oftentimes, I, I remember that it was a study years and years ago when, you know, when they first came out with those automatic hand washing things mm -hmm. uh, in the restrooms and mm -hmm. how they, they, they didn't all work uh, for different skin tones. Um, wow. But when you don't have it in mind, you don't. And I, I do work on, on our side uh, I'll try to link, uh, uh, Brianna helps me in the background. Brianna, we'll try to find that article. Uh, but I, 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 I know I know when I do work with companies that I'm, I'm able to do work with now, I, I know that uh, sometimes if you're not at the table or somebody like you at the table, then you're not thought of. Um, and there's very specific uh, uh, examples that I can deal with. But I think that that is that a part of the goal? So I said all this to say the goal of this course is to do what? And I, I'm assuming that that's part of the goal, but I, I would love for you to articulate a little bit more about what what's the goal? What are you hoping 
that 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 uh, students uh, will get as they matriculate through, and hopefully they they have to finish right. They can't just like tap out. Can they tap out? Well, they can. They absolutely can. And and what's interesting, um, so to answer your question, I absolutely. I mean, awareness at the very basic level. I think that's where we have to start, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. uh, especially as you see how education is just being attacked left and right anyway, um, they, we, there are institutions that are trying to hide the facts. These are facts, right? We're not, yeah. we're not sharing ideologies or any of these things. We're sharing facts. Um, yeah. the, the hardcore like research, this is what's going on. These are the numbers. These are the policies. This is the impact. And it's all by design. And there's a history that kind of that really helps tell the story. Mm -hmm. So we're, yeah. we're sharing this awareness that looking at my students and even me, right, someone who actually studies this stuff, I don't study everything, but I'm even sitting there like, what? And uh, are you kidding me? And wow. when you see it, you can't unsee it. And and that is really where it is. So that if there is another room where we're, there are plenty where we are not present, that someone from my class will go to will be in that space and say, you know what? A, we're missing people in the room, period. Yeah. Like you don't actually have to speak for me. You can act, you, but you can advocate for me to be there. So that's one thing. And I also want you to, you know, if you know, push goes to shove, you say we are missing a huge, huge issue. We are harming people intentionally or unintentionally. That's not the point. You're harming people. Like I need yeah. you to speak up and speak out. And I want there to be a, a sense of rage, right? That comes yeah. from this class. I want yeah. there to be there is sadness. There is all the things it is not a fun and happy joyful it's just not i mean it's yeah. it's nice to be in a space where you don't have to uh, convince people that this is real like there's very few people i think that were in so this is good and bad right the people that opt into this class are people who at least recognize there is a problem yeah. okay it's yeah. not I'm not necessarily at this moment don't worry but at this moment i don't think i'm reaching the people who are like this doesn't exist we made this term up like it's not real okay, okay. those people Godspeed. Like, I'll, I'll get to you when I get to you. But right now I'm trying to really make sure that the students who are like, you know what, there's an issue, but I don't know a lot about it. I don't know how to articulate it. I don't know how to advocate. I don't know what to do. Um, they feel hopeless, like all those things. It's like, no, no, no. Okay, at least we agree that this is a problem. That's step yeah. one. Now I'm gonna just expose you to everything from all these different vantage points. I want you to see the links because they are all interconnected. We talk about public health, we're talking about education. We're talking about public policy. Like when we talk about the arts and humanities, we're talking about sociology and all these things. They're all deeply interconnected. Yeah. And for them to see that and see it on this, you know, on this kind of main stage is really, really important. Um, and it is to be able to create um just more thoughtful, um, just, uh, you know, warriors out there that can help yeah. do the work. And, and I, this class was so diverse. I, I couldn't have asked for a more diverse, and I mean that in every sense of the word, in my class. I was amazed. There were international students in that class. There were students from maybe 15 majors. Uh, yeah. We had we definitely junior, senior focus, but um, students from just all over the map, different racial groups, different, um, you know, all, you know, men, women, all of it, right? It was just yeah. a beautiful tapestry of truly our country um, and people who understand it firsthand, lots of black women in the classroom, as you can imagine, but so many others. And it was just very validating to see because they opted in, they opted into that class um, and yeah. it was full instantly. It got full instantly. So I'm excited yeah. to see what happens with it. I, I think that's great. And I think the, the part that you're saying, like the others who we know, um, need it but won't take it just yet that eventually they'll 
it, it'll trickle. But I think it, it's super cool for the ones who are uh, just need that that boost of us. Like, like, like I knew I was right. Like I knew this wasn't right. Right. Like I knew this is not how uh, this is supposed to be. Um, and so I think I I think that is that is uh, super cool, and I think that is uh, uh, super awesome. I I, I know uh, the, the course is new, so I, I have to have you come back so we can talk about uh, some of the reflections that students have had and faculty yeah. have had. Uh, I, I think talking about that would, would be would be would be premature. But I do want uh, I I would love to hear uh, how people's minds have pivoted. Right? No, 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 uh, no uh, pun intended uh, there. But but I think that that is, is super awesome. Uh, and I also say that I also think what is cool is the 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 fact that the university um, uh, held it for a minute, which is not cool, but pushed it uh, and continued to push it because the truth is that while uh, we know uh, that 2020, as you said, was a spotlight on an issue that has been an issue uh, for decades. That's um, yes. And but un unfortunately, fortunately, in our current climate, as we record, uh, as we're getting out of 2023, we're recording this now. Um, it's not as heightened as it was in 2020, um, but they still push forward because oftentimes what happens, mm -hmm. uh, and you know this, mm -hmm. is uh, because the cry is not loud anymore, mm -hmm. uh, neither is the response. Right. Um, and so I think that is really cool and I'm excited about that. I, I do I do want to ask you, uh, for those who are watching, for those who are listening, because I, I, know, I know our time and I know the people's time, right? So whether I... Uh, want to keep talking or not, they're going to stop listening after, you know, analytics uh, shows me that. Um, but I, I do want to ask you if there were, um, so somebody who's listening, who's watching, uh, maybe they're a pastor, maybe they're a leader, maybe they are a lay person, maybe um, they're uh, an executive leader and, and, and they're interested because we don't know what we don't know, right? So I'm going to list some books um, yeah. like the whitening of Christianity. I'm going to list some books like the reason for rage. I'm going to list some books in our show notes, uh, mm -hmm. but I would love for you uh, to share some notes or some books or some resources that those who want to dig deeper, those who want to know uh, more about it, those who may have stumbled upon this. And I'm, I'm very, I hear you uh, talking to the Lord. I'm not spooky. I'm just saying <laughs> it. Um, but uh, those who may have stumbled upon this mm -hmm. and are saying to themselves, I've never heard this before. Mm. Um, and I appreciate you getting on. I appreciate you uh, watching and listening all the way through, even to the title uh, that, that we're going to name on this. Um, but those who are saying, I want to, I want to, because, because you don't know what you don't know. It's true. Right. And so there are some of my colleagues in the faith who don't look like me, who are watching, who are listening uh, and, and may be inspired mm. to just learn more. Yes. Um, if you can share some resources with them um, that will be helpful uh, and critical. A lot of my resources will be Christian resources, right. um, but I know you have a wider lens on some resources that mm -hmm. I think would also be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to. I'm even happy to share like our first iteration of our syllabus or just like pull some of those important awesome. um, articles that came out. And what's what I also love about it is we are teaching Gen Z. Right. And so they don't necessarily always want to read everything. And so we we've been bringing in um, NPR, you know, uh, clips or other podcasts that kind of dive deeper mm. into these concepts. Uh, one of the assignments that I gave them is to create a podcast themselves, to create a website. How would you disseminate this information to people who, again, 
maybe don't have a lot of time or are just kind of, we want to snapshot, but we want to draw them in so that they start paying attention to these things that are actually literally all around us all the time. It's, it's the fact of the matter is we don't stop and think about it. We don't interrogate it. But again, I hope the 35 students who took this class and, and the others who are impacted, because we try to even go beyond um, just the classroom experience to, to the wider campus community. How are we disseminating this information so that people just take a minute and say, why is it, do we, does it always have to be this way? Like, why can't we start to say, this doesn't make any sense. Why we did it before, just because we did it before doesn't mean we have to continue, right? Um, the dehumanization, the devaluation, the systematic oppression of Black people does not have to continue. And the numbers that we see is not an indictment on Black people. It is an indictment on the systems and structures of this country. And that is kind of where you finally get to a point, a point, a breaking point. We hit a breaking point. We already did. Yeah. To your point, folks have started to kind of chill out. If it doesn't affect me, it's not going to... Um, I don't need to worry about it, but but back then we didn't have a choice. It does affect you. It does affect you. Uh, white uh, this white supremacy hurts white people. It hurts black people. It hurts brown people. It hurts every single person. It is no it's no good for any of us. And so again, the minute I think people understand that, um, and, and and just beyond just seeing just what has transpired over you know centuries, I really feel like people will come and, and wake up and realize that they can be a part, they have to be a part of the solution, um, all yeah. of us do. And, and the awareness is part of it. And so I'm happy to provide um, like good snippets, right? Like things that folks can really digest pretty pretty yeah. easily because if they're from my undergrads um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that others can, <laughs> will find it to be you know interesting and, and digestible for, for you to be able to, to start the process. It is a process, it's ongoing. I'm still learning, right? I'm still learning. So um, no one should feel um, badly about that, but you, we've got to do the work and you have to, like anything else, you got to put in the time and you got to put in the work and recognize that this is a problem that we all need to come together to fix. So yeah, so yeah. I, I, I think that is great. And I'll, I'll look forward to it again. Uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, just check out uh, Ministry Pivot. Uh, the show notes will be there. They'll be provided wherever you got this episode. If you subscribe, you'll get the show notes uh, automatically. Uh, I, I think I think the last thing that that you said, I think I want to I want to end on is the fact that uh, the more you research, the more you'll be aware right mm -hmm. um that you can live in your space uh mm -hmm. i thank god for the time that you know i was born in brooklyn and then did work in baltimore both of those urban urban and yeah. then god moved me to florida and i was exposed mm -hmm. uh Jeanette, dr snyder uh to everything and it was it was it was nuts like i didn't i didn't realize there was another way to do life and wow. that there were people looking like me yeah. because of uh, where I, both of those places I named, Brooklyn and Baltimore, are set up for me not to know Correct. that there's another kind of space, that there's another opportunity. So uh, yeah. the more you research, so I'm really excited about the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you again for getting on uh, to Ministry Pivot. Again, if you are watching, if you are listening, uh, please make sure that you go follow uh, Dr. Snyder, you go follow the work that they're doing. Uh, if you know someone uh, at the College Park, uh, it, you should have them sign up uh, and be a part of this. If you know someone at another university, because I heard what you said earlier, uh, that at, at, at the time of this recording, this is the only uh, minor uh, that exists. And so uh, if you are at another uh, uh, predominantly white university, uh, mm -hmm. you should have them contact uh, Dr. Snyder and the team so that you can bring it uh, to your university uh, because the only way it's going to work is by exposure. The only way it's going to work is by collaboration. The only yeah. way it's going to work 
uh, is by some of us uh, being uncomfortable. Uh, I said all of that uh, and I stand by it. My name is Russell uh, St. Bernard uh, and I agree. Uh, so again, uh, Dr. Snyder, thank you again for getting on Ministry Pivot. Uh, super excited and thankful uh, for the work that you're doing and the work that you continue, you and your whole team. Uh, super excited. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course, you're welcome. I hope uh, that you are uh, as inspired, as encouraged, but also as challenged uh, as I am uh, by what Dr. Snyder shared by uh, the courses uh, that's there. And again, uh, if you uh, are at the college, uh, you, you are at uh, University of College Park or uh, Maryland College Park campus, uh, if you uh, know somebody there, I would encourage you uh, to encourage them uh, to be a part of this course, to select uh, this, this course to opt in uh, so that you can learn. But also, uh, if you are at any of our universities uh, throughout the country, uh, please uh, reach out to her and her team uh, so that uh, you can uh, see about having this course at your university. Her information will be in the show notes. Uh, the information on the university will also be uh, in the show notes. Uh, again, I am thankful uh, that you jumped on the ministry pivot. Uh, looking forward to all that God is going to do through you uh, in this year uh, and this new year that we have, uh, because this is your season of opportunity. Uh, don't forget, all you have to do is pivot toward it. God bless. That's it for today's episode of The Ministry Pivot. We hope you enjoyed listening and gaining some valuable insight. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss out on our future episodes. And if today's show has resonated with you, please leave us a review to help others discover our podcast. For more resources and updates, visit our website at ministrypivot.com. And be sure to join our email list as well as follow us on Instagram at ministrypivot. Thanks for joining us today. And we're excited to have you back next time for another insightful episode of Ministry Pivot. Stay connected. Keep pivoting. We'll see you soon.